it is about that skill set. It's about the hands. It's about the putting. It's about the imagination. It's, you know, we're going to see a wide variety of shots. Come Sunday, the last nine holes, it's going to be, it's going to be an incredible display of, of, of artistry. Put another log on the fire Nobody here is getting tired Hello, uh, this is Alan Shipnuck. Welcome back to another Fire Drill podcast. I'm with Michael Bamberger, Matt Janella. Behind us is the 18th hole of the old course. It's 9.45 p.m. on Friday. They are still playing golf. We're going to try to keep our voices down so we don't interfere with someone's putting stroke on the 18th hole. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, guys, one hell of a day of golf. Um, we got we got to start with Tiger because he was as great as Cam Smith played and Rory and Victor Hovland and Dustin Johnson. We, I mean, big game hunters on the leaderboard, but this is the day that was all about Tiger. So, Michael, what were your thoughts about... You know, Matt, Matt, Matt's got yeah. the floor right here. He's got oh, go. I, I meant Matt. Matt, what do you think? Yeah. No, we're not, st we're not starting with Tiger. Where we are starting with is the first tee announcement that Michael so boldly predicted would be to the first tee, Mark Kalkovecchia. Guys, I woke up this morning specifically to play this audio and trickle this into this podcast. Jake, play the tape. This is game number one of the team from the USA, Mark Kalkovecchia. And that's why we're starting with Mark Kalkovecchia. Do you understand? They, that's... Yes, you're right. You missed the whole... Uh, it's the only mistake I've ever made in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's epic. Like They started at 6.35. Here we are, 15 hours later, they're still playing golf. It's an incredible testament to uh, the will to get this thing in off of one, off the first tee only, which you have to. I mean, you can have guys finish on number nine out there. That, that would just be wrong, but it's the it, the old course is unique with all the, the holes that cross each other and the, the, the loop. Like, it, it just... Leads to slow play, but all right. We thank you for that, Matt. We appreciate your efforts. Um, you gave up your sleep for the listeners, Matt. If you woke up to Mark Kalkovecchia, what do you think Mrs. Sheila Walker did? Because she's only down the street here, 150 yards, if that. Well, I feel I feel like we're gonna get to Sheila Walker because I did end up talking to the great Sheila Walker, the great great granddaughter of old Tom Morris, as she was peering out her window as Tiger was finishing up. So we will get to her. Because uh, that happened, I was able to reconnect with Sheila as she's looking out her window, as she's look overlooking the 18th green after Tiger Woods finished, which was a big part of the story I'm writing, which I'll file and, and publish Sunday morning about all these connection points that are happening for me this week. But now I feel like we can actually talk about Tiger. And by the way, before we talk about Tiger, I feel like we should hear the fact that Tiger was announced to the first tee earlier this today, and that to me is worth listening to. This is Tiger Woods. On the tee from the USA, Tiger Woods. Uh, 
That's awesome. You got to love it. I do want to note uh, in the context of Sheila Walker that Matt said he would actually leave his wife for Sheila Walker. Considering she's like 80 years old, it's a bold statement. And we all love Katie. But um, uh, that's the affection we have for Sheila. But Unless also... Plus the accent. The, the accent, but also the apartment on the 18th hole. I mean, it's it's tempting for us all. Now let's move on. Michael. <laughs> Tiger... <laughs> She had access, access to, to the first tee. Can she get us on the course? I, yeah, well, did you? I read this week that some family had six tee times on the old course in perpetuity. They were granted that as some, as some swap. And in 1992, the RNA, six tee times every single day, foursomes on the old course, the RNA bought them out for like a quarter million dollars or pounds. Just to get those times back. I, I, didn't, I don't know the whole story, but I want to know it. Now, for like the sixth time, let's talk about Tiger Woods. Michael, we were, we were out there uh, right by the 18th green. Matt was the eye in the sky from his, his uh, perch here at, at the Rusik's Hotel. It, it, was, it was a big moment. It was a little melancholy. It was emotional. Uh, the floor is yours. You know, I didn't appreciate until today, I just actually kind of never focused on it, that he played in the 1995 British Open as, as an amateur. Uh, and then later that summer, let me see if I have my timing right, he won the U.S. Amateur on really, you know, people like to say, oh, I've played links courses in the United States. There are very, very few. There's no true links courses. But I would say the closest thing I've ever seen to a links course in the United States would be Fisher's Island, which not many people have gotten to see, in Newport Country Club back when Tiger won there. And when I think about it, this, like, continuum, which kind of a word of the week, like, oh, Tom Worse is a, is a phrase of the week uh, for you, but this continuum of Tiger really beginning his Lynxland golf here and then winning at Newport against Buddy Marucci in that U.S. Amateur and then carrying on and on and on. And to think that this is could be the end of the line, likely will be the end of the line of his British Open play on the old course where he so proudly says, it's my favorite course in the world. It's my favorite, I don't know if he says it's my favorite term, my favorite course in the world. Uh, I think you'd have to be emotionally dead not to be, not to be moved by that. And the fact, you know, He's a jocular person when he says, you know, well, I've got a locker at the old course. But, like, he meant it. It's a big deal. He's got a locker in the, in the RNA clubhouse, and you can tell that it means something to him. And I think, you know, I think in his mid-40s, he's finding out that this game, like Trevino was saying the other day, has made his life possible. And to say that is really to say that the people who support this game, like the three of us and, the, you know, the few hundred people who are still out here at 10 o'clock at night, They've made Tiger's life possible. I've gone on too long here, but there's a lot uh, going on here in every level. Well, and, you know, Tiger, who we all know, grew up on these very scruffy public courses, these military courses, the, the, the fortress that is the RNA clubhouse, it's the ultimate inner sanctum, more than anywhere else in the golfing world. And, you know, he's talked very publicly about it. he wasn't welcome in a lot of places because of the color of his skin, and now he has a freaking locker. And you, that's something that you, you can't buy, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I know I've said this several times already, but the, the flip side to that, Alan, it's his public golf course. And, and I think we're all, whether you really think about it or not, I think we can't help but be drawn to the fact, you know, we're all, we all have public golf in our background, you especially these days, Matt. Uh, but uh, you can't overlook the fact that it's a municipal golf course. Yeah. Matt, you've um, been a part of Tiger's professional life in a lot of ways as the photo editor at Sports Illustrated. Uh, I think your, your professional lives are very intertwined. What did you feel watching Tiger come up 18? No, it was, to, it, was a, it was a complete circle of my life. I mean, it's a com complete circle of my certainly my professional life, 
and you know, I was saying to you guys, my first week at Sports Illustrated in 1996 as the photo editor was Tiger's first week as a pro in the Milwaukee Open. And obviously, uh, I, you know, so for me to sort of start there and then be here to watch him walking, you know, hit that opening tee shot, walk down the fairway, and then to watch him hit that 18th tee shot and walk up this fairway and over the bridge and and down the middle and, uh, uh, you know, acknowledge the crowd, tip his cap. This was, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the one little glitch in the whole system was that he missed that birdie putt. This was a... Um, we're just being shushed, I think, by the marshals because someone's putting out on 18. So, I mean, I think it was the Yahoo's on uh, the street. I think okay, was... okay, we're okay. But no, I mean, I, I think it was definitely, you know, to answer your question, is it is emotional? Definitely was emotional. It, it's not to say that I cried or that I, you know, I'm not even sure that I got tears, but I just think that this was, this was a ceremonial moment in the in the in the career of somebody who, again. 82 and 15, this is just something we're never going to ever see again. This is, I think, I always made a point of cherishing the idea that we were seeing greatness as it relates to what happened on the golf course. Uh, there's also a little bit of sadness to me that we're saying goodbye to a guy at 46. We mentioned this yesterday. There's definitely a sadness to the idea that I'm not sure that this is the last time he's at St. Andrews or the last time that he says goodbye to this crowd because as several people have pointed out to us as we're walking around town, Jack Nicholas is still saying goodbye. Like Jack Nicholas said goodbye. He said goodbye again. He just got the keys to the United States said, said goodbye again. We're going to see Tiger Woods at St. Andrews more. This was the last time he teed it up with the idea that he could potentially win the golf tournament. That to me is what's sad at the age of 46. Like he is so broken by his own doing in so many ways, in so many levels, that's to me is what's ultimately sad about this, that this was, you know, and again, 82 and 15, even missing years worth of time as a competitor because of his own doing. Ben Hogan threw himself in front of his wife to avoid an oncoming bus. Like, that's not what Tiger has done. So there was sadness. There was, uh, you know, there was emotion. But it's it's different. It's just different. It's I'm still processing, to be honest with you. Well, to Michael's point, I'm slightly dead inside. But um, <laughs> and I've never had great chemistry interpersonally with Tiger. You know, he can be so remote. And when he was he was a golf guy, just playing under. We were SI. We weren't on the team, and he, he kind of let us know that. And so I, I don't feel an emotional connection to him. But even though I've loved writing about him, and there's no doubt he's made our writing lives way more exciting and, and interesting. But as I watched him coming up 18, I really felt it like in my chest. It was it was a moment, and um, the the panorama of these glorious buildings and the, the just the, the these grandstands that go all the way to the sky, and I could hear a bagpiper out there on North Street and the shrieking gulls, and it was just very evocative. You know, Sheila Walker, Matt's crush hanging out of her window, um, the Tweety old gents on the on the balcony, the RNA building. It was like if all of St Andrews came here to show Tiger off and to say a proper goodbye. And th it was meaningful. He's he's given so much to the game and the game has taken so much from him uh, in, in certain ways. And um, I, th I thought it was special. I was happy I was here. I was here for Jack's goodbye. Um, and 
you know, that, that was more celebratory. You know, he was hale and hearty and well into advanced age. And it was, it was the right time. As you guys said, it's too soon for Tiger. And we, we all feel that. But um, it, it was a moment. And I think we're all lucky to be here. And, and I thought Han Tiger handled it with, with, with great class. And the golfing gods never disappoint. You know, Roy McElroy's walking down the first fairway. He's, he's kind of the heir apparent to be the, the voice of the game and, and the conscious of the game in a way that maybe Tiger never was. But, um, and for, you know, I think that was what kind of broke something loose inside of Tiger was when Roy tipped his cap. That was cool. And right behind him was JT and Bones, and they were making eye contact. And it was, there was a lot going on there, and it was, it was special um, to be here. So special, I think. Why don't we let the listeners actually hear what it was like to hear Tiger Woods come up the 18th fairway and all the way to the green. Jake, roll the tape. Shout out to Jake Muldowney, our ace producer, back in the lab. Um, now, we can we can move on from Tiger, and we have one hell of a leaderboard here. Um, you know, Cam Smith. There was I was doing the math in my head. Can he actually shoot 59? I mean, if he birdied in, he would. Uh, there was and maybe do something crazy on 18. Uh, but he played a phenomenal round to kind of take this tournament by the throat. But Rory went out really late today, and he 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 gave a great chase. Uh, Victor Hovland's right there. Dustin Johnson kind of set the pace early, let everyone know that this golf course was here for the taking. We should note that there was a lot of moisture overnight into the morning, and so the course definitely played slower and softer. And still, it's still, it's still a very firm and uh, test, but it took a little fire, and and the wind never came today really. So it was it was the ideal scoring conditions. But what do you think of the way this this leaderboard is shaping up heading into the weekend, Michael? You know, it's interesting to hear your phrase, take it by the throat, because I don't have that feeling at all. I feel like a double bogey. Even though we haven't seen the blow-ups, we know they're coming only because they always do come in open championships. So, you know, it's astounding that the guy's 1,300 through two rounds. But I think he's one double bogey away from bringing a lot of people in, and I think we'll have a crazily interesting weekend. And just one note as we're, as we're standing here, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the dusk light, you can see how green this golf course got just – with really, a, in other, with just a little bit of rain. But the point I'm trying to make is that this golf course lives like very few places do. And like Augusta National is spectacular. We all love being in Augusta National. But Augusta National is so manufactured. Here's like, it was brown yesterday. Today it's green because we got a little bit of overnight rain. It's wild. Yeah. Matt, Matt what do you think the way this weekend is shaping up? No, I mean, this is all we could have ever asked for. Like I said, when the game... I sort of tweeted that out earlier is the week is like when the game really needed this kind of cleansing, this kind of soulful massage, uh, 
you know, I, I was like, you can count on the old course. And I, <laughs> with the leaderboard, we've, we've now, you know, sort of said goodbye to Tiger. This clears the decks for, for this battle. And it's, it's, there's this, not a lot of people are going to talk about it, but there's a, there's kind of this battle for the, for the soul of the game at stake. Like there's, there's guys that are on the board that are live guys. And there's guys that are on the board that are very strictly, you know, PGA tour guys. And I mean, there's just seems to be so much more at stake. There's this like, there's this 150th playing of the open championship. And, and I just, I'm, I just, as a fan, as someone who loves to observe, you know, major moments, certainly this is, one of the most major majors that I've ever witnessed because of all that's going on here. I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. I disagree that people aren't going to talk about it because if you get Rory and Dustin on Sunday, <laughs> live versus PGA Tour, I mean, really these show horses for each circuit, and no one dislikes Dustin, I don't think. Um, I could say something snarky that might get a suit. I won't. The, um, you know, Dustin's... He's a people's choice, but people will take sides. And, of course, Rory, having, you know, the quasi-British background and, of course, um, being an open champion, like, he will be the people's choice. But there will be a whole spiky element. You know Greg Norman's going to have a bunch of tweets in his draft folder <laughs> waiting to see. And Taylor Gooch is on the board, too. Um, we saw a shout-out to um, Scotty Scheffler, who there is a, a great lineage between the Masters and the old course, um, a lot of repeat champions. And, of course, we all know that Bobby Jones took the design principles and the strategic values of the old course and put them on a parkland setting, and that was the genius of of Augusta National. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely... Um, <laughs> Uh-oh, leaf blowers. <laughs> All right, leaf blower crisis is is over. One thing that, that Michael pointed out in our in our press room bull session with Dustin, he's won on Oakmont, which is probably the ultimate U.S. Open venue. He's won on Augusta National. If he were to win an Open on the old course, there's always been this sense that as, as much as Dustin has done, he's a slight underachiever. But if he gets this one, I mean, that those are the crown jewels of golf, really. Um, and it would, it would be also you could say a PJ championship at Valhalla, but that's it. Otherwise, he's got them all, and um, that's a joke, people. And um, but yeah, I mean, so there is a. I don't think Dustin is consumed by golf history per se, but he's very prideful. Like I mean, he told me one time he really wanted to win the freaking FedEx Cup because it bothered him. He's always second or third, and of course he wanted the money. But he's like, yeah, of course he wants the money. But it was also like there was an element there. Like I'm tired. I know I'm better than these guys, and somehow they're finishing ahead of me, and that like bothered him. So I, I think there's a little more heat in there than than we would think. But um, what are the other potential storylines on on the board that that get you excited, Michael? Well, I mean, we you know it would be. Well, when you get beyond, you got Cam Smith, one of the players. Uh, you got Rory and, of, and, and of course, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson representing their two tours. But just a quick side note on that. I don't think ordinary golf fans are going to see it as, as this live PGA Tour divide. I think the 150-year history of this thing, the 30th time being uh, at the old course, I think that really carries the day. And I think people will just be so happy it's been such a harsh time in this world and just be able to sit back and spend the weekend watching you know and, and we've all had this experience being at home 
you wake up early in the morning and there's the golf. They always say, oh, you're going to watch the golf. There's the golf on TV and just let the whole thing unfold as, as it has here for, for well, literally centuries. Uh, I think that the I think the live PGA Tour divide is not going to be a factor for the ordinary golf fan. And I don't think it'll be a factor for me either. I think I'm just really eager to see the shots and see how the course holds up to, you know, the modern game. I agree with that, uh, but it is it is a funny sidelight. Um, some other names you mentioned: Adam Scott with a very sporty sixty-five to get himself wild. I mean, he's been so quiet, but you know, I mean, his stated goal is always to win the career Grand Slam. Like he, that's the standard he set for himself, and he's he's only a quarter of the way there. So, um, Patrick Cantlay with a beautiful round to get himself in it. I mean, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick six under today to get to surge up to a tie for twelfth. I mean. These are these are a lot of ballers, and it's so funny when you talk about the old course. Like, oh, there's so many lucky bounces. It's so quirky. It's blind. It's the rub of the green, and yet it's the best freaking players on the leaderboard time after time. It's not luck. They they deal the the, the bad bounce better than the other guys. Maybe mentally they're stronger, but you can't have this many great players at the top and say there's any element other than just pure skill, imagination, and shot making. Um, Matt, what do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean that this this, this that's sort of sort of saying this golf course will continue to identify like a cha a champion in a way that it is about that skill set. It's about the hands. It's about the putting. It's about the imagination. It's you know we're going to see a wide variety of shots come Sunday, the last nine holes. It's going to be it's going to be an incredible display of 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 artistry. Sahith uh, Thigala that we just that I keep bringing up, but like he's having so much fun. Like, think about Jordan Spieth in his prime, or Rory McIlroy in their prime, or Tiger Woods in their prime. The reason why they were in their prime is because they were having fun playing the game of golf. And I think the person that goes out, like Cam Smith, he's just an like he's just an incredible putter. He's making putts from all over the place. He's a good ball striker, obviously. You don't win a players without doing that. He's got he's got all of it, so he's going to be really hard to beat. Like you know, uh, DJ's got a lot of raw ability, but like Cam seems to be so willing to make big putts or long putts and not even be surprised by it. Like he is, an, you know, he he's just rolling the ball on the hole. So I, I as much as I would love to think that there's going to be this big bunch up and things are going to happen. I just think Cam Smith's going to be hard to beat, but it's it's just because it looks like he's having so much fun playing the game of golf right now, and that's always really hard. If you got that talent and that putting stroke and you're having fun, good luck. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, maybe the best chipper in the game right now, too. His hands are just so phenomenal, the hands. And, you know, one thing in these conditions especially, there's three par fours in the back nine that are drivable, 10, 12, and 18. <laughs> and then you've got the mother of all par fives uh, with the hell bunker and all that. And then you've got the road hole, which can has broken a lot of hearts. Like the combination of of attack and defend is just so spectacular on this whole golf course, but especially the back nine and especially the back nine on Sunday. Like I, I just think the old course dishes it out in a way that's really cool and unique. I just think we're going to see a wide variety of pin placements this weekend that are going to force all of what we're talking about, the hands and the imagination and the defense. or these The, the strategy is still to come. We're at halftime. I was just looking for the, the the pin on one yesterday was insane. Today it was more insane. I today for the for, for the first time really all week I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I really walked the entire course and really looked at every pin. 
it was crazy where they had, and they're still shooting super low. There's really nowhere for them to go. Like Augusta National U.S. Opens, they move towards Sunday. They were on Sunday on Thursday, yeah. and they upped it from there. I don't know where they can go from here. I mean, they're going to put in the Valley of the Sin here. I don't know what they can do, but they are trying every 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 trick in the book. You know, if they reduce drivers to 38 inches, they might have a chance, but that's not going to happen. What was Tiger? Was it Tiger say spicy? I think he was talking about the pin on 12. And I mean, there's there's a lot of talk about the pins, but I think that's cool. I mean, there's so the humps and the undulations and the bowls like that makes it so much more interesting when either you can you can use them to your advantage or a mediocre shot gets repelled. Like that's what this place is all about. So. You know, put them wherever you want, RNA, because that's what we need. If guys are going to drive at 400 yards on these fast fairways, you need something to make it spicy. Again, can you imagine a Ryder Cup at the old course? It's, like, it's one of the funnest things to ever imagine. Yes. How many different nationalities do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that six different nationalities on that board right now? Five. Five of the top eight, yeah. I mean, that's neat. It is neat, and it's the most international of all the championships. It, it makes sense. So, um, anyway, it was it was a hell of a day of golf. And um, any any final thoughts for me? This Hamilton Hall. How would you like to go to the University of St Andrews? And oh, here's your dorm room. It's Hamilton Hall. We're looking at right here. You know, now their condos worth millions and millions of dollars. But it wasn't that long ago. It was just a dorm. <laughs> How wild is that? Yeah, uh, I, I'm. I, I got a chance to go. You'll see the video later this, later this week. But you, I got a chance to go to that roof. I thought the Rusix roof was insane, which it is. And the Jigger Inn is cool. So to go from the Jigger Inn to the Rusix rooftop bar to the deck at Hamilton Hall was like this incredible sort of stair step of views and perspectives on this golf course. And uh, some people I know who bought a flat there thinking that they were going to have an incredible vantage point for the Open Championship realized very quickly that actually the, the grandstand blocked their view. <laughs> so the party they had actually ended up being on the, being on the rooftop. But that was, that, that's, this is, uh, this is the good stuff. And then I got to, then I got to watch Cameron Young tee off today uh, while having lunch at the RNA clubhouse behind me. I turned around and there goes Cameron Young as he sets off on his, I shot 69 today, I think, and uh, one hell of a round, obviously, by the way, yeah, considering Cameron Young, yeah. Cameron Young, we haven't said his name. So, I mean, this, this again, and then I went out to the 14th hole and, and, and had that person walking along the golf course. And I mean, this is, this is, I, I just can't, I'm so in love with all of this, all of what's happening here and this week and this weather. And now here, how many, how many people are, this army of, you know, volunteers, you know, essentially superintendents and agronomists from all over the world, in theory, are got yellow buckets and they're roaming the the fairway of one and eighteen filling divots. You know, uh, it's it's happening right now. Like I said, Scotty Shuffler and his wife thanked this group on seventeen a couple days ago. Uh, obviously, karma leads to to good scores and and that's why he's up on the leaderboard it has nothing to do with his play it's just strictly <laughs> karma but no this is I, this is this is some sort of like love letter to to the game of golf yeah can, can i ask matt a question because matt is this your first open in in st andrews no it's coming through to me as new and fresh to you and i don't i kind of curious as to why that would be i know this path into old tom has opened your eyes in new ways uh because the question i was going to get at is like 
it's such a democratic experience being here because like I mean, you have people, you know, Mike Tirico or Jerry Tardy, the longtime uh, editor of Golf Digest, are just wandering around. But then just, you know, regular punters and pensioners and kids. I think they've given out 20,000 tickets to kids. You don't see this at any American tournament. Like, it, I don't know. It's just such a completely different atmosphere. And, you know, people have often asked over the years, you know, why is the Open Championship? Why is the British Open your favorite tournament? And uh, I think we all have a sense of why that would be the case. It's just it's truly open, not just for the players, but but for the fans too. all walks of life. It's, you know, it's not expensive. It's not a hard ticket to get particularly. And uh, it's open. Yeah. And, and even just observing how the marshals like again, I walked down the 18th fairway coming home from the Jigger Inn in the middle of the night and the security guard uh, that came out and greeted us in the middle of the fairway ended up taking our picture in the middle of the fairway. It wasn't to, like, get us the hell out of here. And if you watch the players crossing the footpath between 1 and 18, uh, when they're when they're walking down 1 or coming up 18, it's not this, like, overzealous, like, power-hungry group of people saying, stand back, you can't go, holding ropes. It's just literally like, hey, let them all go. It's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's such a relaxed, uh, uh, you know, sort of sensible... Uh, 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 attitude. It's like they're golfers, not gods. What's the big deal? Just let them through and you know, stay out of their way, but we don't have to, it's not the queen coming through. It's not the queen coming, like we we overcook so much about everything relating to professional golf in America. Right. Yeah. And this just, like everybody puts their guard down and that's true of not only the players, not only of the volunteers and not only of the security, but also of the spectators themselves. It's a very... It's just a very peaceful uh, uh, experience. Uh, it's very warm. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know why this is other than it's maybe it's 150th. Maybe it's because we are here together. You know, working together. Maybe it's because of the freedom we have to do what we want to do and how we want to do it. It's it's all the people I'm bumping into, all the connections I'm making to. I don't know. I'm 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 trying to put that in words, which is the story I'm writing, but I, I don't know. I think it's very telling that you referred to coming from the Jigger Inn home. <laughs> and then your neighbor down the street, it is her home, as she said so elegantly the other night. It's my home, Sheila Walker. This, the home of the home of golf is, I was chatting with the woman who lives in the home of the home of golf this afternoon, getting her reflections. It's so cool. I mean, to your point, one thing that happened overnight, which is so cool, is the Lynx Road runs down um, the right side of the 18th ferry, and there's a big barrier that separates the tournament grounds from just the town of St. Andrews. And yesterday, there's a big tall fence, and they had you know green mesh, so you couldn't see through the fence to block it off because you, you didn't buy a ticket, you can't watch the tournament. Um, but people were standing up on the base of the fence, peering over. They're holding their phones over, and instead of bringing in a hundred you know goons to shoot them away, the RNA's like, you know what? Let's just take all of the the green mesh out and so now even if you don't have a ticket you can stand right on the road and you can watch the first hole and the 18th hole with as good a view as anybody that's a great observation yeah they did it overnight. they did it overnight because i took a picture yesterday of people there standing on those red and white barriers peering over the fence like doing chin-ups to see over probably not safe um and there's a lot of ways that rna could have handled it the best possible way is take down the mesh and let everybody enjoy it so like an extra five or ten thousand people stood on that road today and got 
got to watch Tiger come up 18 and share in that moment forever. And okay, the RNA didn't get their 30 pounds for the ticket, but they just said, you know what? This is cool. This is inclusive. This is this is bringing the tournament closer to the town. And like, how great is that? Because would the USGA make that decision? No, they would bring in a bunch of Pinkertons and like sweep the road, probably with like fire hoses and German shepherds. And um, you know, it would just like Bull Connor would be standing there at the top of the road, like checking credentials. And uh, instead, they just like, yeah, hey, you're welcome here. Come watch the golf. Like, how great is that? Yeah, it is great. The, the other thing that I think a lot of people get confused is like, the RNA clubhouse is full of a bunch of members. They actually have nothing to do with the golf tournament the rna runs the open championship the rna membership is like this whole separate membership of a bunch of people who just drink gin and tonics drink gin and tonics who who like occasionally get together and play golf terms that the links trust actually manages the golf like there's this big sort of kind of misperception that the the you know the rna and the membership runs all that's relating to the golf course, but in reality, the Lynx Trust actually manages this land. So it's kind of the, that's, I think that's also part of it is there's, this is land, again, that belongs to the people that's managed by the Lynx Trust and not by the, you know, there's a group running the tournament, there's a group of people gathering there that are part of an RNA membership, and then there's all these clubs that line this road that, I mean, it's, it's, there's, I think there's layers and layers to all of that too. That everybody, there's not like one specific group of people who are like we're in control. This is ours. We're sharing it with you. Yeah. It's us. It's like the people of Scotland sharing it with us. And that's the sense I get. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah, I mean, the, the RNA uh, make the rules for actually the entire world except for the United States. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, they're global. It's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, go ahead, Matt. I can no, no. I just want to thank I want to thank Rusick's Hotel because obviously we are sitting here in this incredible perch as though we're like a couple old guys in the Muppets overlooking the action. <laughs> <laughs> we're three and not two, but I mean it's it's really it's really special to be able to do what we're doing right now. Uh, obviously, Link Soul uh, for everything that they produce and their soulful approach to the game is something that I certainly appreciate. We all appreciate and their support for everything that we do. Seed Golf, uh, you know, an Irish-based golf ball company uh, that is just new to the Fire Pit Collective that we're very appreciative of. Uh, we have, uh, you know, Par Points, you know, uh, Brandon, Kevin, these guys are, you know, created that app that we so much uh, support, certainly as it relates for me to family golf, for going out and playing a short course, playing a couple short holes uh, with your kids, download the app, go make par now. Um, and the list goes on and on, but uh, just wanted to make sure we, we we thank them for all their support. Thanks to all of you for listening. We do appreciate it. This is why we're here. Uh, we're not just on holiday. I mean, it's all about uh, the golf fans. That's that's why the Fire Pit Collective exists. So in all sincerity, we appreciate you listening and reading and watching. So uh, we will do this again tomorrow at the end of the third round. It's exciting now. Like, I feel like we've been here a long time, but things are accelerating. Things are, are escalating. And uh, this tournament's going to get sorted out to a large degree tomorrow. I can't wait to see who the protagonists are and, and how it all goes down. So... Um, Thanks again for listening. And, um, I think it's Earl checking in. <laughs> it's not, oh, oh, no. Um, that's my phone. My bad. Um, all right. This is Alan Shipnuck. That's Matt Janelle. That's Michael Bamberger. We're out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
put another log on the fire Nobody here is getting tired When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.